0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This is the final episode of the Identity Crisis season. So go camping, find a squirrel and make it your pet, do whatever you need to do, and enjoy today's episode.
1: Today on the podcast is part two of our conversation with Joey Trussell, where we go into all kinds of things about self-worth and identity. It's a fantastic way to end off the season. We're excited for you to hear it. Just again, want to let you know that we have some conversations around self-harm. And so if you need to reach out to somebody or listen alongside a friend, make sure you do that. Uh, But without further ado, enjoy today's episode. So in all of that hard things, like not even to downplay it, but what did healing
2: look like for you? So the thing is, is that like self-harm and for me, even just, just Mm self-hatred and all I was going through, it was really easy to hide. Um, And the, the thing is, I think the world kind of expects people who just are inflicting self-harm or have that sort of just negative self-esteem mindset and identity that the world wants you to just hide it um like we're we're told to just man up we're told to figure out your problems on your own um and this goes like this goes back to your last question this is the biggest lie of all of them is is that you need to do this on your own and if you've got problems tough deal with it um and for me healing really only started once i told somebody so um it was it was at fair havens and um just the experience of grade nine went into into that summer and i was Uh, it a different group, different cabin, different, like the friends that I had from last summer didn't really carry over. And, um, the, the staff that I was working with in the dish pit, uh, just washing dishes, which was the job I didn't want, but I did just so I could be at Fair Havens. Um, I, again, felt alone. I felt useless and, the the self-harm even though i was in this wonderful place that i love so much i still had that self-hatred um but thankfully like in that environment i was i was able to at least tell somebody before the end of the summer and that started the healing process but even by then um the great that those years is just so formative in your lifestyle that a lot of permanent psychological damage had already been done. Um, and and recently I learned on a really cool podcast how how self harm can become like an addiction. Um, mm. I don't know if you heard that one before too. Um, <laughs> I'm plugging you guys, by the way. If you guys didn't realize.
0: <laughs> I nice, didn't yeah. even get on. I was like, "That sounds familiar." Maybe. Yeah, I've heard that before.
2: <laughs> wow, <laughs> <maybe> so much. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, I can't remember who you're talking with, but you guys were talking about, and like it, it came back to me. Like, yeah, that's just so mm. true. That this, this self harm became an addiction. Like, I, I felt better after I hurt myself. Mm. And not that I felt better that like, oh, I'm a better person. I actually like myself now, but it's no, I just like the, the release of like, whatever, like dopamine or in my brain or whatnot, after attacking my body, like I, it made me feel better and made me want to do it more. Um, and so even after talking with other people and uh, I, I had to make a lot of, Changes in who I thought I was. So, so the first thing is like I had to learn that I am loved. I like before I had this identity where like I am unloved. Nobody loves me. Nobody wants me. And I had to relearn that you know what I can love myself because I'm loved by others. Um, I'm I was never good at loving myself. I I I am. like moses the most humble person there ever was um (laughs) uh but i i was fine with loving others like it was was easy to to look at other people and when they make mistakes just forgive them because like that's Mm -hmm. what you do like like i understand people make mistakes but i couldn't make mistakes Mm -hmm. um and so that's another thing that i had to had to change is that i'm a person that can be forgiven Um, and I had to forgive myself too. Um, and when I got really depressed, what would end up happening is I would just go through like a cycle of, remember what you did in grade nine, that stupid thing that you did. Oh, remember that thing you did the next day? Remember that thing that you did that was so stupid? Remember? And it was just, I would not allow myself to forget any mistakes that I ever made. And I just would bring those back up to then use as fuel to attack myself more. And so it, w- it was a position of, I had to learn to love myself. I had to learn how to forgive myself um, and learn to understand that I'm free to make mistakes. Mm. Um, and that it, I do make mistakes, but those mistakes don't define who I am. So much of my life, I thought, you know what i'm just a walking thing of mistakes and that's like I, I all the mistakes i've made is basically what i've become instead of thinking no like think about all the good things that i i am i can do and the potential even more of what i will be able to do um if i have this position of just self forgiveness self love um and That So when I was able to start to change this way of thinking, um, and I mean, when I, when I look back on hindsight, what about all the mistakes that I've made, all the bad things that have happened to me, I can, I can look in hindsight and say, you know what, that was shaping a better identity than I could have ever have made to have Mm hope to have made myself. Um, I used to say that I was the jack of all trades, master of nothing, is an insult to myself because, like I said, I was really good in athletics, artistic,s and academics. I was never the best, but I was I was actually like top five student. And, um, like I, and one time <laughs> when I was at a youth night, uh, just at a, at a youth uh, group, I went from playing basketball in the gym and talking to students all about all like the, with the NBA and the NFL and just hanging out with a bunch of guys playing sports to then going downstairs. And uh, I, there was a girl sitting alone. I so saw I started talking to her and we talked about the musical that she was getting into. And then after that, I went over to the, to the Xbox and did some gaming. And like, what, what, what I've, what I've realized is that, yeah, I, I, it is good to be a jack of all trades in some instances where I'm able to, uh, connect with a lot of different people. Like I'm never going to be the pro at any of these things, Mm -hmm. but I don't think I need to be, I just need to be able to make that connection. And, um, and so when I look back, I see that throughout all these struggles of trying my best to Be the best student best athlete best artist best nerd best like when i was in high school i was in so many different programs and sports that i was almost able to do a full like one day a week for an entire year where i had something like a legitimate excuse to be out of class um and i i just i went and i've got such a wide variety of of interests because In my quest to try and find out who I was, like I tried everything. And in my attempt to try to be the best at something, I was got to be pretty good at a lot of different things. And. At the time. And in that mindset of I can't forgive myself for making mistakes or I can't forgive myself for not being the best. When I when I can look back and say, you know what, it doesn't matter if I'm not the best, like look at how God has shaped me and giving me tools and especially as I get into this uh into into working with YFC and working with youth like it has given me a lot of tools in order to really connect Mm -hmm. with students no matter who they are and Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that I have had that um and that's why um for from my uh, second set of tattoos that I've got um, I went over and covered the three main areas where I inflicted self-harm and I just Mm. covered it in scripture and uh, second Corinthians 12 verse nine I I have that on my arm and I have that as my as just the one that people can see the most and um, I I think it it really has helped me to understand that um, while I'm well, I think of all my about all my weaknesses and all my self harm came just out of like me hating myself for being weak and for being a failure. But God has used that to create a huge strength in me. And so, Second uh, Corinthians twelve verse nine says, um, "My strength is made perfect in your weakness." and before that paul is talking about a thorn in his flesh and he he prayed about it a, a lot of times about god taking this thorn away and so there's this is this is paul the person who we think is the superstar of christianity like the best christian that has ever walked just underneath of christ himself and he obviously had this problem that he was dealing with and he kept on asking for it to be taken out and god just says no i don't want to take away your weakness I want you to have weakness and I want to use you in your weaknesses. Mm. Um, And so I, as I struggle with, with my identity of being, being a failure and being weak and being useless. Now I can look at it and be like, perfect. That's exactly what God wants me to be. (laughs) Because um, when, when we have this weaknesses and um, this is a whole side topic of, spiritual gifts, but, uh, I think a lot of people look at spiritual gifts as being like, what am I good at? What, where am I strong at? Like, what do I love to do? And like, we do these spiritual gift tests where we check off a bunch of boxes of like, yeah, I like to teach people. Yeah. I like seeing people learn. No, I don't really like getting down and scrubbing toilets. Um, so (laughs) obviously I have the spiritual gift of teaching, (laughs) but the, the the funny thing is is like you you get somebody who doesn't even believe in Christ and you say hey or take this test and they're going to find out what their spiritual gift is and I, I find that so ironic that we have spiritual gift tests that people can who don't even believe in Jesus can take and find out what their spiritual gift is um, because so much of this idea of spiritual gifting is based off of what am I good at what am I naturally good at mm. and um yet second corinthians 12 verse 9 speaks of like i don't care what you're naturally good at i'm i'm going to use your weaknesses like uh it's in your weakness that my strength is made perfect
0: Mm. Uh,
2: but i uh, i can get on a big tangent on that (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
0: well said i feel like there's so there is so much that we could dive into um and what you just shared there but
2: um, I, I i i like one of my dreams is to write a book and i that's one of the books i'm thinking about possibly ooh. writing down the phone <laughs> oh
0: hearing it first on the Workfriends podcast that's exciting there you go there you go <laughs> that's awesome well fast forward a few years and you've gotten married you have a family of your own you recently started working at youth Unlimited limited yfc what does life look like now um to wrestle
2: with identity Uh, to wrestle with identity. Now can sometimes be just as hard as it was. Mm. Um, It um, this battle never ends because like I said, uh, in that formational years, I just created this identity of I am worthless. I am weak. I'm a failure. And I, that can easily become like, my default position mm. um when when i allow myself to just go back into the lies that I, I allowed myself to be formed by and i i developed my identity when i was young around that sort of idea now i've i've tried to show myself the truth and i've had people speak truth into me and i i now know better that that isn't my identity but that's really like a baseline for me is I am a failure. And, um, even just last month, I crashed hard for the first time in a while. And I even, I even went back into, into self harm for about a week. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was a, it it's, it was a bit of a tough time because like I was in a transition, um, and we were trying to sell my parents' house. So the the house that I was living at, I had to leave for a couple weeks, and we were constantly wondering, okay, when do we actually get back to like a stable life? So I was trying to get back to a stable life, and what I found as also at work. Like being in a pandemic, starting up youth, starting up youth ministry in the middle of a pandemic where I didn't have any connections. Like I'm, I moved uh, back to like my hometown, but I was gone for eight years. So the middle of lockdown, I couldn't even go and try to make connections again. And uh, so, so my job, I just, I was on a constant hiatus of just like waiting and waiting and waiting of when do I actually do any ministry? Mm. And so for, for that, I just was feeling like, what am I even doing? And my family wasn't quite happy because all this transition. And so I, again, returned to that negative self-identity because my family wasn't happy, so I'm failing something. My, my work isn't happening, so I'm failing something. Mm. And I I went back to self-harm but because of the of the healing that i've worked worked through um the counseling that i have gone through like i've done actual like full-on counseling um and and that was so helpful um and just over time my self-image has has become more positive um so that when i dropped back down to that baseline it was easier for me to rebound um I was I I told somebody in a in a faster time than I usually would have. It was only within a couple of days that I was like, you know what? I I'm struggling. I'm back into self-harm and I after telling, again, when you when you're willing to share and open up, like when you're not battling identity issues alone, mm-hmm. you get sh- more strength. So, like all these things that i have done where i've where i've grown has has helped me to have this more positive self-image and so it it's not just me it's having community around me that is helping me heal and that's where i have to give credit to
0: Mm -hmm.
2: um and actually it was part of your guys podcast that helped me in that too like as i was I was binge re- binge listening to your podcast at that time because mm. um, I was trying to catch up and you had all these great guests speaking about like this, this uh, mental health mm. issues. And it was just, it was helping me to remember what I've already learned. Mm. Um, so
0: well.
2: I got to give credit where credit is doing the, the work fence podcast <laughs> even helped me to, um, mm. to escape uh. this uh, negative image
1: wow well I mean it's good to hear we're glad that you know being used in ways which is like mind-blowing to me but I think too like thanks for even being vulnerable it's a pretty vulnerable place to be to say like and I think we've had these conversations like not this conversation but conversations with people that talk about these things they struggle with and they're like like I've sort of overcome the biggest hill but I'm not done the journey yet um, yeah. I still sort of struggle with these things still, and it's like, uh, it, it, you know, potentially lifelong. And I think, um, it's the, the, the heart and the beauty of walking with Jesus that there's so much healing to be, to be done. And yet we, we haven't arrived yet to a place of full healing, but it's, it's really neat to see how God has like totally transformed your heart and your, your mind and, and that kind of thing. Um, what are some of your main takeaways from those seasons of wrestling?
2: Uh, so for me, number one is like a lot of like you, you get a social image where siblings are. It's fine to tease each other. It's fine to have this. My, my brother used to tease me and he would say, oh, I'm just giving you my brotherly love. That's not love that. Mm-hmm and and so if i when i see my kids doing this sort of thing i'm going to tr- nip it in the bud and like it needs like we need to get out of this idea where it's okay to just tease each other and call it love that is the exact opposite of love um and the damage it can do is is, is immense especially when it's when you have somebody that loves you and they're causing you pain you you get so much confusion. So, um, so for me, that's that's just a, a personal one, um, and uh, my my second uh, takeaway actually was uh, stolen from me. Um, you know, I I had the soapbox all set up to uh, stand up and uh, just. Talk about Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but uh, your your guest a couple weeks ago, Kimberly, she already she already uh, she did a wonderful job on that. Um, so you know, what? go back to that podcast, re-listen we'll to that episode, um, because mm. w- when we when we have like that passage was a passage of exile, and mm. I know that it speaks to a lot of people, and it's a great passage for one you're in exile. But when we when we talk about just this as like a lifestyle. Of, like, uh, God has a plan for me, a plan for prosperity. Like, when we take it outside of the idea where it's a a national identity that was being promised within exile, um, it it gets very bordered on the prosperity gospel. When you have a a passage and that speaks to you, and if you're in exile, if you're in a, a crisis, And that speaks to you and gives you hope. I I truly believe the Holy Spirit can use those passages however he wants. He doesn't have to adhere to our uh, hermeneutical standards of like, this is what the cultural context of that passage was. And therefore that's the only meaning that the Holy Spirit can use. No, the Holy Spirit can take any passage of the Bible. And if that brings them closer to to God, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. But as a teacher, for, or, or somebody who's trying to help other people and teach other people about the Bible, like we have to adhere to those hermeneutical principles because we can't, <laughs> unless the Holy Spirit's working through you, which is possible. But again, um, if you're planning a lesson on Jeremiah 29, 11, that it's going to be, um, you know what, God has a plan for you and you're going to have a great life please rethink that sermon or that message. (laughs) Um, Because the truth is we don't know what God has planned for you. Like when you, when you look at the, when you look at the other books of the Bible, like Job, like God's plan for me is that I could live a lifestyle of Job where I'm going to get hit by a car on my way up to my in-laws tomorrow. Uh, My family dies and I'm left. And I, I have to wrestle with that. Like, It could be that I am like God's plan for me is to live a life where I am now struggling with the fact that my family, that God has taken my family from me. And that could be God's plan. And that's what Job kind of talks about. And and other portions of 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 the Bible talks about that, you know, we have to come and understand that there is struggle and hardship and the negative effects of sin upon the world. And this doesn't make God unloving or unfair. A lot of people would say that, that yes, it's God's duty to make every person live a long and happily and fulfilled life. But and if you were to ask me about that when I was uh, when I was in the midst of my depression, I probably would have said, you know, God hated me and wanted me to suffer. And I think looking back on that in hindsight, that's only partially right. I don't think God I I would say that. I know that God never hated me and he didn't enjoy watching me suffer. And, but the plan that God had for me was for me to go through suffering. Mm -hmm. I would, I would not have been as well-rounded and, and the person that God has where I can tell and share my story and give God glory and say, you know what? I went through a bunch of, crap. I went through a bunch of hard times that you know what I don't wish upon anyone, but I'm so glad that God helped me walk through that because now I can give God glory from a different perspective than if I had that uh prosperity and uh uh and just a good lifestyle because nobody goes through that good lifestyle for their whole life and if I can help other people then, you know what, I'm so glad God has put me through that. And it, it, it reminds me of when Jesus was asked about the blind, man who was born blind. Um, some, of the, some of the people were wondering, like, Jesus, what's with this blind guy? Like, why was he born blind? Was it because of the sin of his, was it his sin or the sin of his parents? Because they had this idea that, you know what, it had to be because somebody did something wrong, that he had something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But Jesus knew better. Jesus knew that the man was born blind so that he could heal him and show God's glory. Um, And so I was, I went through suffering. I went through hardship. I went through this identity crisis for God's glory. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we all have to struggle with. Like it's, it's hard. It's, it's not, it's not easy to, to have that sort of mentality with, with, with God, but I think that's, mm-hmm what the scripture shows us. And so the, the, the last thing, um, uh, for my, uh, main takeaway, because my big soapbox was taken from me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, uh, declare my, my crusade. Um, uh, this is the crusade that I want to, want to start with your podcast and your listeners. We're going to work on this is to stop asking people what they do. When you go up and you meet somebody for the first time, you don't ask them, Hey, what do you do for a living? Okay. That is trying to say that what they do is their identity. Um and and I understand why we do it because we don't know what else to say. Where it's awkward meeting new people and you just want to break the ice and so everybody does something so it's easy to ask them what they do. Um but so much of that time it it, it it's just what do you is that really what you want people asking like okay so how how do i classify you mm-hmm. i'm just meeting you how can i classify you how can i put you in what box can i put you in are you are you a garbage man are you a teacher are you a bum who lives on the street and i don't need to worry about you like I, let's stop asking what do people do um I don't know what let's have a different icebreaker like um what's your favorite what, if you could have any superpower what would that superpower be I mean there there's there's so many better ways to just get to know somebody <laughs> and mm. you know what um the superpower you might be able to glean a lot of information about what a person is like I don't know yeah. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm still I'm still kind of working on this um, <laughs> uh and so
1: so some rapid fire fun facts out there. <laughs>
2: There you go. Well, we'll go back to your rapid fire fun facts. In fact, one of I've, I I had a book that my wife went through and it's just a thousand and one questions. And so when I, I've been, I've been driving my summer student and I'm like, here, pull out the book and let's just ask a couple questions. It's just like, just have a couple of questions where you're just like, you know what? I don't need to know about what you do. Cause that's not who you are. Tell me, what do you like to ask Ask them, what are you passionate about? It could be that they're passionate about their work, but it a lot for a lot of people, they don't care about what they work. It's they just do that so they can get on to what they actually do care about. So, uh, I mean, I got to work on this too. I still ask it sometimes, uh, especially with youth. It's like, what do you want to be when you grow up, or what do you want to do after grade twelve? Again, it's the same question, just at a different stage of life. And it's again stupid. We need to stop asking that. So you know what? Let's just start asking about superpowers because superpowers are cool. <laughs>
0: we can end the, our conversation there <laughs> but we won't um, this is our second last question as you again reflect and as we continue to to chat about this would you tell your younger self anything
2: uh no uh again as, as I was saying like I went through suffering and I do not want to put that suffering on anyone. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want to cause some sort of like a butterfly effect where, you know, if I go back in time and I talk to my younger self and say like, uh, Hey, by the way, don't join the ski team. Cause that's going to really mess up your life. Um, then I wouldn't go through that suffering And I wouldn't have done what God had and my, my idea, like my mind, like God had planned for me to go through the suffering so that he could shape me to be the person that I am now. Um, I have scars and I'm proud of them. In fact, I covered them. I've, I've highlighted them with tattoos so that I can show and tell the story about the scars in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they help me understand what my identity is. And my identity is I am a broken person loved by God and God has a plan for me. I know it's Jeremiah 20. It sounds like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but he has a plan for me because he wants to use me and he wants me to glorify him through what I do. And that could be more suffering down the line. That could be prosperity. That could be, I don't know. And then all I can do is just, hold on to him and know that I am loved by him. I am free to make mistakes and learn from my mistakes and forgive myself so that I can show God's glory to other people. Hmm. Because like, like second Corinthians 12, nine says is that God's weakness is made perfect by God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. And so the more weak I get, the more strong that God can be. And um in in my one history class I took, uh we were we were told about the story of Oliver Cromwell. And um he was this uh British guy from a long time ago and he was a really humble person and when he was getting his portrait taken, Um, usually like when they do a portrait, they don't put anything that makes you look bad. In fact, they usually like make you 10 times taller and five times as much muscle. And, um, but, um, when he was getting his portrait taken, he was said, don't embellish me, paint me warts and all he wants all of the blemishes that he has in his life portrayed in the portrait, because that's our life. When we, when we, when we try to go and remove the warts in our pictures, then we're showing a lie of and when we try to show our lives that and just like highlight the good stuff and we don't try to worry about the bad stuff like that's not our whole identity our identity is all the things that have happened to us and all the things that god has used to shape us into who we are so that he can be glorified i like
0: that it's like the real picture and i
1: think yeah the more we read about Jesus that is what it is like so yeah that's cool so thank you for this conversation and now I feel like you're 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 a faithful listener so it's like the moment you've been waiting for (laughs) what's the best piece of advice you've been given
2: yeah being a faithful listener I knew this question was coming up and (laughs) like I, I was like I don't know any advice that anybody's really given me. Um, (laughs) But what I'll, what I'll do is um, so the best piece of advice actually came from my high school history teacher. Um, He was, he was a huge mentor to me and he was one that like really um, helped me grow, uh, helped me learn a lot about teaching, but he didn't actually say this quote to me. He didn't like be like, Hey Joey, think about this or like it wasn't even in conversation. He just, this was just a statement that he had put like when the stairs were being redone in our high school each of the teachers were asked to put on a quote and so this was just the quote that he put on the stair so he never really this is just a some words on a on a stair that i i've taken as like this is amazing advice um and uh it's actually funny because like when i was rowing like I would go over those stairs so many times because we would just run in the hallways. Um, And so the saying is repeated knocking only polishes the stone. And this, this just fits so well with my life where, you know what? I feel battered and bruised sometimes when I look back about the things that I've had to go through. But when you, when you have a gem and you want to make it really shiny Um, what they do nowadays is they put it in like a, it's called a tumbler. And, um, it's this machine where you just have a whole bunch of rocks and you put the piece that you want to have smooth and, and polished and you put it in there and you just let it just churn and it just turns and turns and it just gets hit and hit over and over again by these rocks. But as it hits, it takes off all the hard edges until you've come up with a smooth and very bright and beautiful piece of, um, well, when I was doing it, it was a piece of metal. But like when you're polishing like a a gem, like it's the same thing. You you take off the hard edges and you do that by knocking it with other things.
0: Wow. Refinement. The art of surrender. (laughs) Joey, thank you so much. Yeah. Love it. Hard, but good. Wow. Joey, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. This has been a real treat and gift. And I think the perfect way to wrap up this season. Um, so thank you so much. And someday we'll be able to actually meet in person. In person. I'm excited for that. <laughs> thank I you.
2: promise I'll have a bow tie for that occasion.
1: Yes. <laughs> Sounds Amazing. <good>. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much. Um, uh, oh, yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed it as much as we did we have more amazing conversations like this coming up that you definitely won't want to miss so make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using so you never miss a monday episode you can follow us on social media at just work friends and feel free to give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using so we know that you're enjoying the podcast and it really helps us out so until next time happy monday We are going to be taking
0: two weeks of holidays. we are taking a bit of a step back just to rest. So we will not have any new episodes coming up for the next two weeks. But what a great opportunity to catch up on episodes you have missed. So until next time, toodaloo. Bye.
1: Happy summer.
0: Bye. We'll see you in the middle of September.